Hello and welcome to the Movie Bucker Podcast. It's me, Matt. Hello, it's me, Chris. Did you like my new chipper way of saying Movie Bucker Podcast? Yeah, it's very nice. <laughs> Difficult to say, some might, some might say. Yeah, why does I just ejected all of the vowels and just went with the, <laughs> with the consonants? What do we do then, Matt, on the uh, Movie Bunker podcast? Well, interesting you should ask, Chris. Um, if you're not familiar with our format, what we do is we go around, we pick up um, all the bargain bin movies, the poorly rated films in the never-ending quest of finding one that isn't deserving of its place in its review score. Um, sometimes we get guests along, like today, and they give us their sort of guilty pleasures of films that have been poorly rated, but they they disagree with the rating and today who do we have Chris? We have Emily Murray who's a, a film critic and journalist and we talk about a fantastic movie music and lyrics starring Hugh Grant and Drew Barrymore. Hello and welcome to the podcast Emily Murray. Hello. This is your first time on the bunker. It is I'm very excited to be here coming from isolation. <laughs> So, yeah, what's the movie you've chosen for us to talk about today? I've chosen Music and Lyrics, the uh, Hugh Grant, Drew Barrymore rom-com. When you think of the biggest bands of the 80s, you think of pop. I said I wasn't gonna lose my head, but then pop goes my heart. Did you ever hear of the band Pop? Yeah, of course, everybody has. They had that ridiculous hair and those ridiculous outfits and, oh my God, you're one of them. I can lose this Alex Fletcher has one last shot at fame. The show is called Battle of the 80s Has-Beens. We did actually break up in 1992, so technically I'm a 90s has-been. All he needs, Cora Corman, bigger than Britney and Christina put together, is a hit. I can't possibly write a hit song for her by Friday. Give it up, I'm a bad hot witch. No. But with some magic, I just might switch. I would love to talk to you about maybe writing some lyrics. I'm just here to cater to the plants. Uh, that one is plastic. I met that guy from that band you used to like. He invited me to come see him perform tonight. Gary, I'm going out! Oh my god! Now, girls, be honest. Are these pants too tight? I'll do it. It doesn't have to be perfect, just spit it out. I really wanted to talk to you. About the fact that unfortunately we're going to have to leave early to finish the last verse of this song. <coughs> A melody is like sex. I so get that. But then as you get to know the person, that's the lyrics, their story. Goodbye. Who they are underneath. How's my hit songwriter? I slept with Sophie. You slept with Sophie? I think she's up. I gotta go. <laughs> All I wanna do is find a way back into life. Hugh Grant. Grin, grin again. Huh? There is a little something. No, there's a lot of something. Drew Barrymore. Best time I've had in the last 15 years was sitting at that piano with you. That's wonderfully sensitive, especially from a man who wears such tight pants. It forces all the blood to my heart. I've been sleeping with a clown above my bed. Clown is not right. What it's is that word? Cloud. Why would you have a clown in your bed? Let me tell you, it would not be the first time. Before we go into the nitty gritty of uh, music and lyrics, tell us a bit about yourself for anyone who might not have heard of you or know, know what work you do. So I um, always liked movie journalism, but I used to be a full-time journalist for Unilad. Yes, they do hire actual journalists. I always did like a bit of freelance, like screen queens and film stories. 
And then I'm now full-time at Zavi, which is like the old sort of high street store, but online. I run their social and also head of their editorial. But yeah, I often pop up in film stories and um, sometimes on the BBC, depending upon what kind of mood and if I'm willing to get up at 5am for BBC breakfast. <laughs> so it's, um, it's good fun. What kind of kicked it all off? Well, I used to be really scared of going to the cinema. Like I would just cry and cry as a kid and just never went. So I don't think I went like growing up at all. And then um, I really liked Batman comics. So when I saw About the Dark Knight, I was like, I don't want to go see that movie. Mm-hmm. My mum and dad were like, but you hate cinema. You're scared of the dark and you also don't like loud noises. But um, I went for my birthday and it just, yeah, changed my life because it's such a fantastic movie and just really spoke to me, I think. And then from there, it just took off. It's funny, isn't it, how most people obviously love movies and everyone kind of enjoys films, but there are the, obviously there's a, a distinction between people that, move on to write about it and become really passionate about it to people that are just like oh yeah I like to watch a movie on a Friday night yeah um, but there's a real kind of moments when film takes hold of you and just becomes quite you get quite possessed by it and most of the guests that we've had yeah. on the show have basically said exactly the same thing for me it was Jim Henson and, and the creature kind of movies and like Dark Crystal oh, and Jim Henson's incredible yeah. And I think for years, all I wanted to be was uh, like a creature creator or a puppeteer. And I wish I'd, I wish I'd done that with my life. So it was my dad who was like, um, my mum and dad were like, we're sick of you just talking to us about movies. Maybe you should do a blog. Mm. <laughs> so put my thoughts down vow into them. So they have to listen to me talk about it with dinner. Mm. I put my thoughts down on a blog on that for like, since I was like 13 for like seven years, which was crazy. And then through that, I found a love of writing and it all, yeah, it's yeah. all worked out. So music and lyrics, 2007, <laughs> this, this was uh, released. Yeah. It, it's billed as a comedy music romance. It really is kind of everything in one, isn't it? In terms of what you want for like a, a couch movie. Yeah, yeah. It's perfect for like Friday night or any night of the week. I'll give a brief plot synopsis. A washed up singer is given a couple of days to compose a chart topping hit for an aspiring teen sensation, though he's never written a decent lyric in his life which is debatable. Um, he sparks <laughs> with an offbeat younger woman with a flair for words. But there's a lot going on in this film, actually. Obviously, it is a great Friday night movie, but I think it's one of, it's personally one of my favourite romantic comedies. Like, mm. it may be as witty as stuff like When Harry Met Sally, but I think it's a classic. Like, I've watched it on repeat since I first saw it in a cinema back in 2007, which seems like such a long time ago. But <laughs> probably actually wasn't that long ago. But, um, like, I remember when... Um, my boyfriend's also a film critic, interviewed Hugh Grant. And he just and he said to Hugh Grant, he was like, oh, um, my girlfriend's a big fan. Hugh Grant's like, well, yeah, like all women are. And then he was like, yeah, you went in one of her favourite movies, which is music and lyrics. <laughs> and Hugh Grant was like, you're taking a piss, right? Because <laughs> that movie's <laughs> And Tom was like, no, 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 seriously, <laughs> she loves music and lyrics. I just think it's really, like, charming. And I quite like how humble and modest it is and that's what appeals to me makes it stand out directed and written by the same person mark lawrence and uh, like, let's talk about a little bit about the cast as well shall we while we're here because this is when kind of hugh grant i guess was on his he was kind of a leading man rom-com god at this point would you say yeah i would agree yeah i think um but i liked this well because i think hugh grant's always come across as a bit when he'd be really midlands now a bit mardy like he's always yeah. come across as a Grump, and I think in this role, you know, he's Alex Fletcher, he is like 
a guy who had success a long time ago and is now really struggling. And I think he got sort of, I find him partly laughing at himself maybe in this role because he is, Alex Fletcher is a bit grumpy, is a bit of an old timer, mm. you know, he has long gone success. And then um, like long before he did it in Paddington too. And um, I just find that really like charming. And then obviously he works so well with Drew Barrymore, like her character is the complete opposite. But they, when they come together, it's just magic. Yeah, the kind of way they meet as well is quite interesting. Is she hired to clean his apartment or look after the flowers? Yeah, she uh, waters his plants. Um, so he's basically scratching around for work, doing like these uh, class reunion gigs because he was like a double act or part of like a, a duo, like a wham type uh, band from the 80s. Yeah. And he's, his partner has obviously gone stellar, releasing incredible kind of solo work. And he's just basically making ends meet with his manager doing these little gigs at fairground rides and things like that <laughs> yeah do you, do you think um hugh grant could have could have played this quite differently i don't know how much direction he was given but considering he, he doesn't rate this film very highly from what you said he doesn't yeah phoning it in either yeah i don't think he does and i think you could say, say the same about drew barrymore it easily could have been like show up do a bit you know, cash or check at the end of it. But I don't think, I don't think it comes across at all. I think it's quite clear that they both are, they both actually quite care for their characters. And then mm -hmm. that really helps for them more as well, because we care for the characters then. She gets like a lot of like criticism for the role because she's just a goofy plant lady. But I think her role has actually got a lot more like, it's more three-dimensional about like the relationship with the author and the book and her crisis through that, I think it's really interesting. Initially, you're thinking, okay, yeah, is she just going to be this quirky person that sort of steers Hugh Grant into the right direction? But she's the one that comes up with all the ideas or the, the person that comes up with, you know, the right moral decisions in terms of where he should be going yeah. with their musical stuff and, and has a lot of talent as well. And I think, yeah, this is why I think this movie uh, deserves a bit more of a, uh, or better praise at least than what it, what it got when it was released. Okay, let's flesh out the story a little bit more. Um, he's hired to write this song for like a Shakira kind of clone. Yeah, and like, I think her name is Cora, I think is the girl's name, played by Hayley Bennett. I think it's actually Hayley Bennett's like debut role as well before she did go on a train and stuff. And she's um, like, she's great. And I, re I remember as a kid, like I think I first saw it when I was 13 and I was in like prime Glee time. And like Matthew Morrison, who was the teacher from Glee, yeah. <laughs> is her as well and I definitely I just remember being like I love that growing up because I was obsessed with Matthew Morrison yeah. <laughs> and probably Sarah so she um she wants to write a song called A Way Back Into Love and she hires Hugh Grant to write the lyrics but Hugh Grant's Alex which is not great at writing lyrics and then I think it's through the lyrics that Hugh Grant's character and Drew Barrymore's character find love which is it is cheesy you know and it's predictable but if it's done so well I don't mind that. <laughs> no I think what's What's really good as well is in terms of Hugh Grant's, the way he plays uh, the character is that as well, he, he could have quite easily been an asshole. But he has a little bit of a wobble at the end when he's kind of, because he wants the fame, he's fame hungry, he wants to be recognised because obviously he's fallen on the scrap heap. Uh, he's kind of quite desperate for his career to, to sort of take yeah. off again. Um, obviously he's got problems with his hips nowadays, um, what with all the, <laughs> the, the pop sort of hip sh shake is what, kind of their signature move was wasn't it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but he 
he could have quite easily played this quite mean uh, and uh, mean-spirited, but yeah, he's always, all the time through the film, he's nice to her family, he's nice to the people he works with, he's nice to the fans, he's not like um, rude to anybody, he doesn't think he's better than them, his managers yeah. and him have a really good uh, relationship. So it was odd it, that what I was expecting him, how he, him to play it was completely different. I think that's why I think the movie is, is a lot more watchable uh, than I had in, yeah. uh, expected it to be. I totally agree. And I think there's a key scene that, you know, at the end when you, we were sort of saying about Drew Barrymore was the creative one. She's got the lyrics and then and at this big concert at the end, he plays, is it Don't Write Me Off just yet? I think it's yeah, his solo yeah. song. And that's such a key moment because it shows that he, even though he is a bit of a grump, he's not mean, but he's a bit of a grump. Actually, he does really, really care. Mm. And I think, and she is that and that is the pivotal moment for them as a couple but also I think for you and like the Hugh Grant character as well like you do like him but then at that point, but up until that point there is a bit of a edge to him but then he writes a solo song and it's just yeah he's livable. Some of the scripting is quite nice so some of the lines that he gets are really dry and um, there's a bit where they, they kind of have a little bit of a tiff as as they would have to in a rom-com and um, she she leaves to go to florida to um to grow up apparently and he says no one grows up in florida unless you're an orange (laughs) 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 which is a classic line i think it's just the way he delivers it as well was perfect so yeah some great kind of little one-liners from both what do you think of the 80s homages Oh my God, like when I remember going to see it and it opens on that incredible, it's probably one of my favourite opening scenes ever of is it um, Pop Goes My Heart, which if you see this movie once, you'll never be able to forget <laughs> that song and video. And I love 80s music. It's my favourite decade ever. I think I'm just obsessed with just 80s everything. Mm. And um, just that video is just incredible. Like my favorite moment, I think he has like a heart attack and he do it in slow motion. <laughs> and it's just like, it's so spot on. And I think that opening scene, you're like, right, I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to get cheese. I'm going to get some heartfelt. I'm going to get some emotion and I'm just going to go with it. And I think, yeah, it is the best opening scene. But a lot of people will say that movies only, the only good bit of the movie is Pop Goes My Heart, but no, it's not. The, all the music's good. All the music's good. Even the weird Shakira stuff's great. The pop goes my heart thing, I think, is, is dedicate, it shows dedication from the studio because they don't just sort of show you like uh, a few scenes from the video. They, they go full video. They, actually they do a full a, video, yeah. Yeah, it's the whole thing. And the song is played in its entirety at the beginning and at the end because they obviously know that they've got a, a real hit on their hands. And I think... Yeah, yeah. Well, a hit on their hands. <laughs> is it, is it? <laughs> I think I definitely bought the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that 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 really works. But the it is a very earwormy, catchy song, and I think I found myself maybe whistling or humming it today and realizing, oh yeah, that's that song. Pop goes my heart. <laughs> the Shakira kind of knockoff as well. That uh, Haley uh, Bennett. Yeah, and yeah. it's. it's that entrance thing, it's sort of like her concert or the VMAs or whatever she's doing, is so Lady Gaga, Britney Spears, um, and all those kind of diva yeah. uh, artists out there. It, I know it's made in 2007, but that could come out of something that's right now. It's 2020, isn't it? It's this oh, yeah. And I think they're really on it with the music, totally on it with the music. And I, um, which is weird because normally I hate, 
I hate any sort of musical films, <laughs> but for some reason this just got me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the the parody the parodying of the kind of the music business because he always brings it up. Actually, Hugh's character is is that you know it's not music; it's a business, and this is why decisions mm. are made. You know, so they make some real bad decisions in terms of um, changes to the song that they you know really poured their heart yeah. and souls into, and she turns it into this kind of crazy sort of Buddhist track, very kind of sexualized. And yeah. instead of saying, whoa, hang on, this isn't right for the song. Well, Drew Barrymore's character does, but Hugh Grant is basically, yeah, 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 this is the business, I'm gonna get paid, <laughs> this is gonna launch my career, etc., etc." Those kind of observations of the music business and how music works potentially was really interesting and nice to see that kind of thrown in. Yeah, I think it was quite clever. I think people don't really respect like, like how smart the movie is. I think they just mm. throw it like a wishy-washy rom-com when actually what it has to say about, yeah, the music industry and sort of Hugh Grant's like self-reflection in a way. And yeah, I think there's like so much more going on than what meets the eye maybe at first. I made a little observation towards the end of the movie that they, the way it plays out, obviously they get together. It's not a spoiler uh, to say that, but... Um, they get together at the end and then they they kind of have this play out um, where the song's played again, Pop Goes My Heart, obviously, because we, we need to hear it again. And then <laughs> there's this like montage of them living together and doing stuff yeah. and just getting on with day-to-day life, which I thought was really cute. And, um, and I realised this could have been like a sitcom, like a, a series. It could have oh, happened. I've never thought that before, but yeah. <laughs> the adventures of these two characters writing music from his living room with her watering the plants and then sitting down writing lyrics. And each episode could be kind of some, I don't know, they're given a job to write a song for a, a different artist and they could parody all these different types of artists and rappers to whatever, um, because they're now hot property in kind of the music industry. Yeah. And just those little snippets of them working together and how nice they were to each other and how polite and kind they, they both seem to be and how they got each other's personalities. Just thought it had, it had legs to be like a spin-off of something. Yeah, I've never thought about that, but now I want to see that. It's a shame Hugh Grant doesn't rate the movie clearly as highly as we do. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, maybe it could be resurrected. I mean, maybe they could maybe. just recast these two guys and just have like a, I don't know, like a Netflix serial. Yeah, I mean, and the joke could be instead of the 80s music, it could be like early 2000s music. Like <laughs> <laughs> way back into love and <laughs> don't write me off just yet yeah yeah well i mean just you know hollywood call me i mean I, I, I've, I've written it down and it's on it's on audio now so i came up with the idea first i don't think it's on any streaming services at the moment i can't find it at the moment no but if you've got two pound 99 to spare watch it on youtube totally you know, worth it you don't even have to watch it in, in hd you get the vibe from the music <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great movie for these like strange times as well because it's easy going. It'll it's a yeah. sense of a system and you know there's, there's no reality where Hugh Grant is that good of a singer. And um He's definitely a weak link. Do you think he's I think he's even auto-tuned in the bits where he's not He is auto-tuned. I think I was reading like some trivia earlier and he he wanted to try and sing it live. Yeah. And they tried he said it was so bad he asked them to do the auto-tune pre-recorded version instead. But <laughs> Better than Pierce Brosnan the moment we are. Like, oh, take God. Any day. I think it's such a funny film. And one, some of my favourite bits of humour is with his manager. 
yeah. who is, I can't really act his name, but he's, he pops up in everything. And um, his manager's great. And then also like Drew Barrymore's sister as well, who's like pop obsessed. Like she's fantastic as well. I think it's nice that you've got these surrounding characters who are just as charming. And I think the two main characters, Alex and Sophie, wouldn't work quite as well without them. Yeah, Brad, uh, Brad Garrett, you would have seen in loads of stuff. Everybody Loves Raymond is probably the most, yeah, most um, yeah. recognisable thing. He's been in loads of other stuff. But yeah, he's, he's great and he's great. He's great in everything he's in. He's such a watchable character, such a big presence on screen. Yeah, he does definitely make it because they're so nice to each other. And that's the thing as well. It's not that kind of bitter um, sort of snappiness that you might get from a manager and a client. They're kind of really, really warm and, and look out for each other, which I think is quite, it's quite kind-hearted, this uh, this movie and I think that as I said earlier on it really helps when you've kind of exhausted your watch list in these, this corona lockdown this is something you've got to watch I think I think it should be top of the list <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's only like an hour 40 it won't take much of your time no no <laughs> it's fantastic and you'll be singing pop goes my heart on my feet for the whole week <laughs> yeah and you can blame you can blame us I think you can blame us yeah. I don't care but I'm not going to apologise <laughs> Emily, is there anything else you'd like to say about this magnificent pop flick? I don't think so. Just, yeah, as we said earlier, Hugh Grant says, don't write it off just yet. <laughs> well, I think, you know, it's going to be uh, top of everyone's watch list now uh, that we've sold it to them. And We have sold it. I think we did a good job of selling it to them. Emily, thanks ever so much for coming on and defending the honour of this, this fantastic movie. Happy to. Glad to. Where can we find you online and what are you up to next? Although it's a silly question, but I know. What am I up to next? Um, <laughs> not much, not going out anywhere. <laughs> it, it depends on what the situation is. I, um, I tweet at, at Emily B. Murray. I'm currently trying to watch as many like classic movies that I've missed. I watched Shawshank Redemption for the first time the other day. Wow. Time. I know, I'm very ashamed to say I've never seen it before. <laughs> It just got, you know, music and lyrics always takes priority. I'm sorry, but it just does. I hear you. Um, so I currently shame myself on the internet by talking about classic movies I haven't seen. So yeah. if you want that, go to the Twitter. Well, thanks again, Emily. And hopefully we'll get you back in the bunker sometime soon to talk about another fantastic misjudged movie. Lovely. That sounds good. If we were to draw a graph of my process of my method, something like this, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, action. Wizard, you shall not pass! Cut! Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian. Nice interview, Chris. I don't think I've ever seen that film, if I'm honest. You should seek it out. It's like we mentioned in the interview, it's definitely a good sort of Friday night sofa film where you, you can just chill out and just take it, take it in. Do you know what? I've got an unpopular opinion. Hmm. I quite like Hugh Grant. I think he's all right. Yeah, he can take the mickey out of himself quite comfortably. He doesn't take himself seriously. Yeah, I seriously. just like him in Paladin too. That's what yeah. I like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's brilliant in that as well. Very good yeah. guy. So again, if you like what you heard today, it would be great if you could pop online and, and write a review, download all the back catalogue, because yeah, listen to them again and again and again, because I think they just get funnier and funnier, don't they, Matt? Would you agree? Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, it doesn't even matter what order you listen to, which is the weird thing. Like, just each one will be consecutively funnier than the last one. It's insane. Very much like the uh, the preferred order for watching of Star Wars, where people have put up different. There's there's various threads around the internet about the best order to listen to our podcasts in. But you know, you could be the decider of that and listen to it in any order you wish. There's a project for you once whilst you're in isolation. Follow us on social media, and um, we've got a website too. What's the website called, Matt? 
it's the movie bunkerpodcast.com. <laughs> so until next time, we've got an episode ready for your ears. Uh, bunker down and see you soon. Bye. Bye.